0: Welcome to The Age of Audio. My name's Graham Brown from the award-winning podcast agency, Pickle & Co. The Age of Audio is a series of conversations with thought leaders and change makers in the world of audio. That's podcasts, radio, and social audio converging with big data to create engaging and authentic content for a new generation of listeners. All right, David, let's dive straight in talk about if we can b2b podcast what would you define as b2b podcast and how is it different from what most people understand as podcasts
1: my definition hopefully i share it with a few other people is that i imagine the b2b sales cycle to be a lot longer than b2c and i think that gives podcasting a wonderful opportunity because i used to design digital marketing courses in the past, and as part of doing that, I like to have a content marketing model at the center of a digital marketing model or, or a structure for a program. And I used, to begin with, Google's 3-H model as the center point of that content marketing strategy, at hero, heart, and hub content, and to me, B2B is hub content. B2B podcasting is hub content. It's Mm. episodic content that gives the user an opportunity just to keep that brand top of mind um, between finding out about them to begin with and being prepared or being ready to make that purchase decision. Mm. And B2C, of course, is very much about instantaneous, if possible, purchase decisions. B2B is very much longer sales cycles could be a year long, so it's a way of keeping that brand top of mind. Hmm.
0: How does that affect the content itself? Is it the same? Because when when we talk about podcasts, consumers to consumers, like the average listener, they'll tell you maybe Joe Rogan or Serial or how I built this, how I made this, all those kind of podcasts that they're familiar with. What are those? Are those those aren't B two B, right? So a little bit of a different style of content. What's the? Well, B2B they aren't world really B two C
1: either. In in that, uh, I would de- define you know B two B business opportunity and, and content and podcasting to be a content marketing opportunity. So hmm. an opportunity just to keep that brand top of mind. Joe Rogan, Serial, podcasts like that that you mentioned there—they're a means to an end. Consumers listen to those podcasts and that those podcasts are the end product Hmm. by thinking about it from a business perspective, I'm imagining that a podcast is a content marketing opportunity. So if it's B2C, if it's a shorter buying cycle, perhaps it's more necessary to tell the listener about the product or about the service in every single episode. Perhaps with B2B, it's not so necessary to do that.
0: How does that then work with a B2B brand in the sense that when you're talking about content marketing, now we have options, we have video, we have blogs, we have white papers and every social media channel. How does podcast fit into this? Is it part of that mix or is it separate to it? How does it all work? They don't necessarily have to be mutually
1: exclusive. A podcast can be recorded, of course, at the same time as mm. video. And you can have top of mind, top of mind the idea to collate a few episodes together in the end to create some longer product, perhaps even to create a virtual summit as a result of the relationships that you build with all the people that you interview as part of your podcast series, if that's what you do. I mean, I Published a book as a result of doing a podcast. Hmm. And I, I call it six steps from podcasting to publishing a book. And just, just briefly, that's starting a basic audio podcast, moving on to a more comprehensive, higher quality audio podcast that's recorded all in one, including intros and outros, moving on to video, moving on to live stream, moving on to producing a virtual summit, and then publishing a book from that. And it's a sequence. And then by the Time you get to the end of the sequence, you can be recording a podcast at the same time as producing a virtual summit and perhaps producing video materials. so they they, they can fit in together as hmm. part of your content production mix. so it's 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 not necessarily something that needs to sit apart.
0: hm Tell me a little bit about that process from podcast to book. Why are they well suited to each other? Why, why is a podcast a great way to start that journey?
1: It, it's not necessarily something that I figured out from the beginning. It's something that I actually, the, the, the light came on in my head afterwards in terms of that's what the process mm. was. The reason why it's obvious and natural for me to do the process that way is that to begin with, you want to be able to do things like use the microphone well. Find your way of articulating an audio audio form only. I think that works better in audio only, as opposed to trying to do everything to begin with. If you're trying to live stream, for instance, to begin with, and you have a bit of an audience there perhaps you get some people asking you questions you know i've seen you graham do wonderful live streams on on linkedin really great live streams and you do a great job of interacting with your audience there as well bringing in questions but do you really want to be bringing in questions and looking into the camera wondering how your video is performing thinking about how you're articulating yourself you know, over the microphone whether you're using the microphone correctly whether your audio is as good as possible no you, you want to start off with hmm. finding your voice to begin with an audio only form and then moving on to the next stage after that.
0: Hmm. It's very agile in a way, isn't it? In that you are almost jamming in the musical sense, learning the, <laughs> you know, the, the mechanics of it. And that is a great way because you have to do it showtime, don't you? You have to do it. I mean, what I call the moment of truth when you have to put your content out there and let people mm. like consume it. And otherwise, it'll always be inside you. There's a big sort of step between just having ideas and publishing a book, but you, what you've built in your six steps is this kind of step one, which means, okay, you don't have to worry about your visual appearance or even like doing it live. It's just like, okay, just get on the mic and jam. Yeah, yeah. And it's like step one, you can do that. And then maybe you don't have a book inside you yet maybe it's just like all these kind of like disparate ideas coming together and the the jam is like kind of joining the dots a little bit of all these different like unrelated seemingly unrelated events and ideas in your life isn't it and you bring it together in this cohesive way
1: i think what you alluded to was perfectionist sy- syndrome as well and and that's obviously an issue for many people mm-hmm. however there's the other side of that issue where you end up looking like a real amateur. And if you're doing it for a brand, if you're doing it for your business, you have to have a, a certain level of ability, of performance, of content quality. Otherwise, you it could be detrimental for your brand.
0: Hmm. How do you then build an audience for that brand? Because I imagine that these sort of very narrative-based formats, I mean, we've seen since Serial, for example, or even NPR, um, you know, This American Life, we've already seen the bar raised on what audio could be. And yet, a vast majority of podcasts, and that I'm sure you've seen, Phil, as I have, are <laughs> man speaks to man <laughs> mm-hmm. about man's <laughs> boring journey. I mean, it is really. I mean, it's not that he's boring, but it's just that the way he tells it, because it's how he's told it every conference presentation when he was asked, Oh, so tell me about yourself. But it's like, you know, we've gone beyond that. And yet that seems to be in the business space still what people are starting out. Is that okay as a starting point? Do you say to people, fine, start with an interview or do you try and push people up that sort of narrative curve a little bit? What's sort of working at the moment? Because the reason I asked David is because I think a lot of people go into podcasts thinking that man speaks to man is enough. And think, thinking, you know, like this is 2021 folks. And like cons- like listeners have kind of graduated a little bit. What are you saying?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think there's two steps up from that that you need to start um, like, uh, start up from. Um, what one is audio quality? Hmm. A lot of people still record using Zoom or using some other internet-based platform that ends up being a bit glitchy that has both speakers on the same audio channel that can't be edited properly. And it's not a good experience. And the the average listener is much more comfortable knowing what good audio sounds like nowadays, listens Mm. to professional quality shows on Spotify or wherever they listen. So they're going to be comparing your audio quality against that. So if you get a reasonable microphone, like the Samsung hmm. QTU, dynamic microphone, under 100 pounds, under under $100, use it three or four inches from your mouth, um, speak over it instead of into it, uh, use a boom arm. That's a good, a better starting point than most, but you talked about the content style as well. And a lot of people start off in either two, one of two camps. Um, number one, overscripting. Hmm. Or number two, not scripting at all. Um over scripting, reading everything, that's a bad experience, and most people can't read naturally or as if it sounds as if you're not reading. And secondly, not script not scripting at all. Um if you don't script at all, you end up waffling on and not getting to the point and just asking people to tell me a little bit about yourself, as you mentioned as well, Graham, which is a boring introduction. I think if you have a bit of a scripted introduction. If you tell the listener what they can expect by listening, and if you ask an interesting question initially mm. instead of asking someone to introduce themselves, that gives you the next level up and you can get straight into the conversation, which is a better starting point, I think.
0: Mm. The scene setter. You know what? I um, completely caught me by surprise. I did not so long ago a podcast on Skype as a guest. I was like, Somebody said, can we do this on Skype? I'm like, what? Are people still (laughs) using this? I mean, like years ago, I used Skype almost. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people did with Skype recorder and all that. And that's completely caught me by surprise that people are still doing. That was really old school. So props to them for hanging in there. Now, Mm. about your um, interesting question. like How do you make brands? And I, I maybe should rephrase that. How do you make corporate people interesting there there is a resistance isn't there um you know like being interesting is almost like a mutually exclusive to being truthful Mm. you know like performing and storytelling versus telling facts i'm going to talk about my products or i'm going to talk about what i want to talk about how do you you know because you have a vested interest in making your series a success even though your client's paying for you right you want to make it success um, because it's your showcase, how, how do you work with clients to do that? What, what do you think are the sort of areas that need the most input?
1: Look, no, the starting point is to the question and uh, how do you make your brand interesting by not talking about your brand? Certainly if you're doing a podcast, ideally as subject matter for a podcast, um, I advise that you're looking for the overarching category of content that your business mm. sits under So you're not talking about specifically what your products and services do. You're talking about, um, certainly something that's of interest to the listener, but Hmm. you're talking about the category of content that will end up being an interesting series of content.
0: Hmm. But how loose can you go with that? You know, how can you like, cause I think this is a concern, isn't it? That for a brand, a B2B brand, let's say for example, I'm accounting software. Mm. Um, I have to sell accounting software. Like, that's my shtick. That's my package. Mm. And how far can I go with this? You're talking about a category. It's 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 all about the audience. So,
1: is the content likely to resonate with mm. and be of interest to the audience? So, there's a, a lawyers or attorneys in the states, and they were wondering what. Kind of podcast to start off with and their services only tend to be used once so obviously there's no point in talking about legal services their target market aren't interested in the law so they decided to start a podcast about golf because they decided that their target market actually were really passionate about golf and they had this golf podcast that was brought to the listener by the law firm and then that's our way to do that i mean Mm. in general it's probably drifting too far away from the core content of the the, the the company, but if you do your content marketing audit, if you look into your different types of content that you deliver, you, you've got your hero content, your big, all-encompassing, incredible pieces of content that bring consumers, that attention to your website to begin with you've got your help content which answers common queries and can surface your content for google suggest for different areas in, in search as well um, you, you've got your hub content which is your episodic content and that's the purpose of that content is to keep your brand top of mind by just remem- mm. reminding people that you're actually a thought leader and that's the opportunity with this medium called podcasting if, if you do manage to keep someone interested over the long term, you're not going to be talking about your brand. They're going to be subscribing because they want to subscribe. So the mm. question is, what kind of content do they want to subscribe to on a weekly basis for perhaps years before they're ready to make a purchase? And it's, it's not exactly what your business does. It's, it's the level one mm. from that.
0: I like the, uh, the definitions that you broke down to so Hero Help Hub. How does the podcast as a hub interact with the other pieces of content? Does it become... Do you have podcasts which are also help content or is it driving the content or coming from those areas into the podcast? How does it normally work?
1: Okay. um, Let's um, go into... Something that um, I haven't really talked about much. I talked about once, and I'm tending to talk about um, again in a few months' time at a, at a future virtual summit um, that I'll be doing. And it's um, something that I call the pump and funnel B two B marketing model. Hmm. And I that that's the way that um, the different types of H content interlink with the different consumer touch points in your consumer buying cycle if you're a B2B brand. So, I mean, the five-step process that I tend to encourage B2B brands to go through is is fairly common um, to to other marketing models out there. It's attract, assure, connect, nurture, and convince. Um, Convince is the last stage because I believe that consumers make the purchase decisions themselves. You can just convince them to do so. And then you have the different H content that maps towards those different stages in your funnel. Um, You've got your hero content that maps towards the attract stage, the help content that goes towards the assure, connect and nurture stages, and and a fourth H that I haven't even mentioned yet that I call heart content. Uh, I brought that in myself as a fourth H. That's actually content that describes product centric content that uh, tries to get consumers to make an immediate call to action. Um, Mm. So that ties up to the convince stage. And you've got different arrows that go in between the hero, help and heart content towards the hub content, i.e. people drop out of your natural sales process to get to your hub content, and they may stay at your hub for a while. They may get attracted back by your help content on your website and then su- sucked further down your funnel, if you'd like to describe it like that. Perhaps they're not quite ready to make that purchase Did yet. Go out to your hub content Does again. So your hub content sits outside hmm. your core proposition content, but drives people back when they're ready to go. Hmm.
0: I really like that. That's well thought out there, David. That's a nice visual as well, explained in words. So as I understand it, when you're um, talking to clients, podcasts are uh, for these clients, a content marketing play in the sense that that's how they understand it, where they put it in their their world. Okay. I, I do content marketing. This is a core cool part of it. Or is I'm just, cause like people like to, especially when you do with corporates, they like to put it in the right box so they know that the right person's dealing with is it comms marketing content etc social media even some people try and say that podcasts are social media do you just allow people to run with that conversation or do you try and make sure it goes in the right box early on i mean how important is that for you
1: it's it's helpful yeah and, and it's, it depends on the size of the company and if you're talking to a big company then it's kind of necessary but you also need to listen, I think, to whoever you're talking to. If you're talking to the marketing director of a company, Hmm. you need to actually listen to how they perceive it and how they intend to use it and what their communication mix currently is in order to better position how your solution could actually fit in. I mean, in general, it's content. In general, it's the type of content that's more challenging to measure the impact of because people Hmm. will listen to it and not necessarily be part of a, a sequence when they're Listening to it. So, in relation to that, I try and get brands to ask their customers questions. Which content did you engage with prior to actually coming to us today? Those kind of questions to try and measure the value of it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I wonder about that B2B space as well. That it seems that when you're talking about B2B these days, mostly it's uh, in the context of software, SaaS platforms. There's a lot of professional services, obviously, saying B2B. But it's of that sort of. Even though these may be large organisations, they're thinking like startups. In that way, there isn't really clearly defined channels. And you know, like people talk about content marketing, for example. Even though that's natural to somebody like you, that's kind of like quite new for these organisations. Like I know people have been talking about it for ten years or more. (laughs) Um, But for them, it's like oh, it's like they only understand things like social media or. Not it's either traditional or not, right? So it's hard Mm. to find. I'm just curious about you know your experiences of you know effectively selling podcasts. Like what's worked for you, you know, in terms of how do you position this? Because one of the things I always find is that as soon as somebody starts putting it into the box of social media, then you know that you're facing an uphill battle with proving the value of podcasts. And I try and take it out of that Mm -hmm. conversation. You know, you try and push it up the chain, which may not happen, right? because it depends on what they think it's about. So, you know, like when we started out and we didn't have a clue, you know, everybody just put us in the social media box, right? So it was podcast versus Facebook ads and you would never win that, right? Mm. You know, and only now we sort of look at it as a comms play of the kind of companies we deal with right they're very sort of defined comms. what about for yourself do like these are these sort of conversations that come up for you or not really
1: yeah they they are they are but i mean you're making me think about it further and i don't think i i've reached an ideal situation i also think that different brands perceive it differently so it's very difficult Hmm. to have a one-size-fits-all solution i i think the answer is just to listen Uh, in general there are many traditional B2B professional services companies that aren't comfortable with digital or even a website at all at this stage. And perhaps it's an opportunity to publish relatively mm. easy, easily um, content on their website. It's an opportunity to have a transcript and uh, have perhaps um, a, a SEO uh, on their website as well as uh, elsewhere and other platforms. Um, thanks to it being a podcast. For startup technology firms, the the main issues tend to be the fact that they don't have much time. So how are they going to come up with the content themselves mm. and how much time is it going to take to to, to get this done? And, and then you've got the more independent um, entrepreneur or personal service provider, personal brand type person who'd, who would like a, a podcast, maybe is a little bit more budget conscious, uh, maybe under understands a few more areas about digital marketing, but needs to be listened to as well. So I think in summary, it's, it's all about listening to people mm. and ensuring that what you offer isn't predetermined and you, you, your solution is a solution as opposed to Maybe a, a a set of buckets that you've mm. raised beforehand.
0: A product, yeah. Mm. All right. Switching gears, then, rounding up. What is exciting for you in this space that you think is maybe something that you see others don't? But where we're heading in the next two to five years? But everybody's talking about the obvious things like you know social audio, uh, brand originals. Th- these are obvious, right? What are you saying? That's outside of all of this. That's interesting to you. I'm trying not to get
1: too led by technology or where we might go in five years' time simply because that's not where my clients are. My clients are struggling with how to produce quality content on a consistent basis that's right for their audience. Mm. And Where I'm finding the struggle that brands are facing at the moment is with actually producing high-quality content. As I mentioned earlier, on too many brands are starting podcasts now and and using poor quality audio equipment and poor quality recording. And Hmm. if I can get brands persuaded to use decent microphones, use them correctly, be a little bit premeditated with their intros and their the the outros, and I can put put a wonderful show together for them. That's great. The next stage after that, uh, as I kind of mentioned, is is moving to video. Hmm. I'd like to. Produce more exciting video shows that also publishes a podcast for various clients, and then the next thoughts after that uh, are how to promote the uh, a podcast. Yeah. Because uh, as you mentioned, Graham, you know p- podcasts are maturing. It's much more difficult now to re- get that organic reach. You know, th- three years ago. I, I re I got twenty thousand downloads a month easily, you know, within a couple of years for my podcast Digital Marketing Radio. That that was that was relatively easy without any promotion at all all now. Starting from scratch now, I don't think I could Hmm. do that quite so easily again. So then it's, okay, taking, how do you promote a podcast? It's taking video segments, adding captions to it, having a bit of paid social media budget and driving it towards um, podcast subscriptions as well. But it's also accepting that podcasts are maturing. Hmm. Marketers accept that you can't publish a new website with a new domain name, publish content on that, and expect to start to rank for competitive keyword terms nowadays you just can't do that and that's uh, people have to accept that with podcasts now you need to go through that six to 12 months of consistently publishing Mm. before you're going to get any significant organic reach
0: You've been listening to The Age of Audio with me, Graham Brown, from the award-winning podcast agency Pickle & Car. To get access to all the audio conversations and book content for The Age of Audio, go to www.theageofaudio.com. One more time, theageofaudio.com.